Hey guys, this is episode four. I'm back. It's me, Heidi. Um, so as I mentioned in the previous episodes, um, pretty much I am retired. Um, used to be a scientist. Now I focus on raising my child, but also I am a co-mom. And a co-mom is a new term that's being used to describe uh, two women that, you know, decide to help each other, mainly single mothers, that decide to help each other raise their kids by consolidating their bills and their finances. So raising a child on your own is not easy to do, especially if you only have one source of income. So um, my fellow co-mom is Michelle. She used to live in Korea, and she now lives in Georgia. But um, Michelle is my daughter's godmother, and um, when she was deciding to come back to the States after teaching abroad... She, you know, was weighing out the options of where to go. She has this newborn kid. How is she going to manage? Who's going to watch him? Getting a new job. Those kind of things. And I'm like, well, I have a large house. It's just me. Um, I can help you out. How about we move you in with your son? I can help you out with your son since I'm a mother of six years. And I've had ample child care experience. And you could stay with me, get your feet on the ground, and we can think about, you know, life afterwards. But in the time, at the time, I didn't know the term co-mom until we saw this, uh, I guess, web episode. And we're like, oh, that's exactly what we are. Like, I help her out, she helps me out. And, And she helps me out because when I get sick, I always have to find someone to help me out to take care of my child. But with Michelle living with me, she serves as my co-mom and helps me with the kids, well, kid, with my kid, mainly. I help her with her kid by having the expertise and giving her the freedom to be able to find a job and work that job without fear of, of paying for childcare, not trusting a babysitter, um, typical new mom fears I love her son Matthias as if he were my own child but we both know the clear boundaries he isn't my child um while I can voice my opinions as to what she should do with him ultimately that's his mom and she does what she needs to do with him so yeah co-mom life is is difficult it's like having a roommate with a kid that you also take care of um and it's almost like we have this uh, this method of being that's very yin and yang. Like, you know, I move, she moves, you know. Um, there's certain things that I'm capable of doing. There's certain things she's capable of doing. I don't, I'm not a morning person. She's not an evening person. Um, so when the kids get sick, I'll stay up at night with them. But in the morning, she's up in the morning with them. Um, you know, it just works. Um, that's what I can say. It really just works.
So, um, as I mentioned, it, it there's a yin and yang um, between me and Michelle. Like, uh, uh, I clean. She's very upbeat. She goes out with the kids. She does a lot of the... She's a... Um, a teacher, so she does a lot of the learn teaching and the lessons with the kids. Um, I do a lot of fun things with the kids too, but that's her main goal. So I'm the I'll cook, do the laundry, stay up and fold the laundry. Um, it works in a very odd relationship that most people seem to have a problem understanding. But, you know, it's our life. Um, we're able to really cut back on how much we would spend if we were doing this alone and, you know, support each other. So, you know, being a single mom, there are times where you have highs and lows and, you know, not being able to date or, I don't know, just feeling like you're failing all the time, which is a normal uh thought process as a mother period whether you're married or single but now you have a partner in this and it's not like a romantic partner where you know if you're you guys are of opposite sex like a uh you know heterosexual relationship you know your husband may be able to understand to some degree what you're going through but he's not in the mind of a woman so he doesn't really understand what you're going through. And I can say, because we're in the same boat, um, we both have children for military um, individuals. And, you know, you're not getting support from that person. That person's not involved at all uh, in your child's life. So you're trying to make up for the fact that your child is missing a parental figure. It's it's a good feeling. It's a good mix because it's like, you know, my daughter doesn't miss a father because she doesn't realize that she's missing a father. There's always somebody taking up that role. And where Michelle comes in is that she just she's able to come in and just say, "Hey, let's go out kids. Let's do this. Let's do that." And then she explains the dynamics of families, the difference of families, um, to Haley. Um, she gets involved in the PTA and stuff like that. A lot of things that I don't, I don't really like to do. Um, I may be social, but I'm not that social of a butterfly. But Michelle's able to do that. Um, whereas, you know, potty training, uh, knowing when to cut the baby's hair, uh, different types of scrapes and bruises and and I guess rashes that could pop up knowing when to freak out and when not to freak out I know when I was a new mom um I had experience with other kids in my family that I knew also not to freak out at certain points but I still felt that urge to just uh just pop up and say okay let's go to the urgent care um funny story um, <laughs> when I, as a new mom, I was so sleep deprived at one point, I put my daughter in the car with me, drove to work 
knowing that I had to drop her off at work. And then I guess I got caught up in a song that I was singing in the, in the car. I got to work, put the car in park, and I um, turned off the car. And I made it a process uh, that whenever the baby was in the car with me, I would take my purse um, and put it in the back seat, which would mean that I would have to force myself to look in the back seat because you hear all these horror stories about parents that are sleep deprived that say, hey, I forgot the child was there. So I put the uh, diaper bag and my purse in the back seat so that I have to look back. So I was ready to get to work, um, go to work and everything, parked and everything. Got out to go get, um, turn around, look, and I said, hey, wait a second, the diaper bag's back there. And that was just me being sleep deprived. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Haley, we have to take you to daycare. Luckily, I used to work down the street from the daycare, so it was not a problem. But I could have seen how that could have gone wrong. Um, as a new mom, you do this thing where you think you're sleeping as much as you're supposed to, but you really aren't. And even though my daughter's six years old, I, I, I tend to find myself um, getting a little bit sleep deprived from time to time. With Michelle in the picture, she um, grants me the ability to sleep or take a nap and not fear that, oh, okay, um, I'm not interacting with my child enough or, you know, I gotta get up and start cooking or I gotta finish doing the laundry or this, that, and third. I'm not in a rush to do everything because there's someone else there to help me do it. And then vice versa, I give her the ability to take a nap. But then also these little nuggets of truth where I'm telling, like, things that work um, I'll be like, okay, Michelle, if you're taking the kids to to daycare or to school, remember to put your purse or whatever you have that's important to you that you can't leave the car without, like your wallet, in the back seat so that you're not in autopilot to the point where you leave the kids in the car. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who've had their kids that died because of these kind of mistakes that would have benefited from having that as a knowledge. Also, like, um, there was a time when Michelle caught a stomach virus from the school. Um, Both kids ended up with the stomach virus. um, And I I saw this, it was gonna infect the whole house. Uh, (laughs) I saw it happening. Um, So I was able, Michelle was able to get sick along with Haley and um, lay on my bathroom floor with the covers and just throw up and just be sick and not feel like her being sick was a neglect to her son, Matthias. Because while she was sick, I was awake and healthy taking care of Matthias. Unfortunately, um, I eventually got sick. But before that happened, I was able to get her and my daughter the necessary things they needed to overcome their sickness. And I was able to um, wash all the dirty stuff that they've thrown up on or they've been in contact with because I know how stomach viruses are. If you've been touching it, it's infectious. You need to wash it. So when they like arose from their, their vomit-induced, I guess, coma, <laughs> I 
took everything with gloves, disinfected the bathroom, the, the shower, everything they touched. I disinfected it, threw it in the wash, washed it and whatever. And at the time, I was just starting getting sick. But I was able to get them their medication. Michelle was just able to relax. I was able to make tea for Michelle and my daughter. I was taking care of the um, uh, Matthias, the one-year-old. And as a result, Michelle didn't have to call out from sick, um, call out sick, I mean, from work um, as many days as she probably would have had to had I not been there. So that's how this cold mom situation works. That being said, we are females. We do get into our, you know, common bickering and arguments. There are problem times when we bump heads, whether it be for the kids. But often it's just like, you know, we both understand we have a way of doing things. Uh, I have a way of child rearing. She has a way of child rearing. And it's just respecting each other's point of views. That is something that we have to compromise and make allowances for. Um, But yeah, you know, I know I'm a a person to live with. And Michelle says this all the time. Like, if I can't find a husband that's able to partner up with me the way that you partner up with me. Because it works so well. I don't know how that's going to work out as far as me finding a life partner. And... I could equally say that, you know, there are times where I feel like, you know, this is what a marriage should be on the parenting side. Um, you know, the father eventually is is the, the protector, the provider, and the mom is known as being the nurturer and the love giver. But each person is supposed to be able to flip the script and and take on the role of the other if need be um there I have I have a father that is a nurturer and my mom is definitely the type of person that was doing all the child rearing and she was there doing the cooking and cleaning but I could tell you 100% I was more afraid of my mother than I was of my father um but they they equally were switching the roles and They were a team, and that's how I learned how to be. I was a team with Michelle, and I showed Michelle how to take care of her child, balance a social life, and balance work life, and also, ultimately, what to look for in a husband or a life partner in the future when it comes to raising your child. Um, these are pitfalls in life that if you have someone, a sister of some sort, that's able to say, hey, sis, watch out. There's a hole coming up. Beware of this because you're going to suffer greatly. They can circumvent you from going into that pit hole. That's a blessing. Um, Michelle came into my life when I needed someone to be there for me because my actual sister needed to be in New York. Um, and I came into her life when she needed support because she was a new mom and she was in over her head and everything happens for a reason. And God blessed me with her just as God blessed her with me. But you know, it's not forever. And we both understand that. So we always are working for towards a future where 
even though we may move apart from each other, we'll still have the kids maintain their relationship because my daughter views her god brother as he as her as her brother um and matthias i don't think there's been a day since he came back came here from korea where he didn't view my daughter as his sister they have a love for each other so we decided that you know no matter what happens in the future we're gonna have to try to maintain their relationship because And if, like, we also said if something were to happen to either one of us um, while we're taking care of the kids, that regardless of what's going on in our family lives, we're going to have to try and remain, remain or keep the kids in a state of normalcy. And that means keeping them in what's familiar and not uprooting their lives abruptly. So if something were to happen to Michelle... Um, she would definitely have it so that, you know, Matthias would stay with me until he was ready to transition to her side, her family. And same thing here. Like, Haley knows Michelle. She knows Matthias. But she also is aware of her actual family. And so she would remain in the house with Michelle and then my family would transition her out of the house and not just abruptly just pick her up and uproot her whole life. Now on top of potentially losing her mother, she's lost her house, she's lost her brother, she's lost her godmother, she's lost her school. You don't want to do that. So we didn't want to scar the children, so we kept the sense of normalcy, um, kept the kids on a schedule. You know, everything is just clockwork. And it works very well, but it works because of our communication with one another. We sit down every week and we discuss what we're going to do this week. We have a calendar that's joint. Um, we have we have a joint calendar that we discuss what appointments need to be made or had and how to keep them, who's going to take the kids to this, who's going to take the kids to that. Um, when are we each going to go and have a moment for ourselves because we have to have a mental health, uh, I guess, day or moment um, each week. Whether it be a pedicure, manicure, uh, back massage, we have to have that moment to keep ourselves straight in life. And I tell you, the worst thing is a mother that's burnt out because then you start to take out your anger and your frustrations on your child. And then you feel horrible that you did that. So we're able to help each other from burning out. Um, so that's how our co-mom life is uh, like really works. And... We've been doing this for a while, and it wasn't until uh, we were on Facebook and we saw this article of these two best friends that did the same exact thing that we did after years of trying to make this mother, single mother thing work for them. They always felt like they were drowning, whether it be in debt or stressed out. The kids were suffering, always looking for someone to watch their kid while they were at work or unable to even watch a movie, wash their hair, go to the nail salon because they didn't have any childcare. And they were always the people who were relying on each other. And they said, well, why are we relying on each other? You're here all the time, or I'm over your house all the time. Let's just have an apartment or rent out a house together and make this work until we move on to the next phase of our lives. And while me and Michelle are watching this, uh, I guess, episode on Facebook we're like 
light bulb, this is exactly what we were doing. We have a co-mom life. And it works. And I promote it. I promote it every time I see a single mom out there. I'm like, you know, I may not want to take another single mom in here because that would completely be chaos. But I always uh, tell them, hey, if you could find another single mom that is within your circle of support, that you can join up and consolidate your bills, this might be the best thing for you until you move to the next phase of your life. So that's co-momming. Anyway, guys, thank you for staying with me and listening in. I appreciate all the comments that you guys have left and all the calls. Um, I promise I am going to try to keep up with my episodes and keep things going. And I guess I'll see you guys in episode five. Thank you. Bye.